It's Jock and Journo time for another week. We had a week off for the bye, uh, guys. We are refreshed and we're ready for the second half of the season. It's Jake Clark, Braden Cox, Scotty Penderby here to talk all the big issues in sport and footy. And uh, there are just a few uh, which have been bubbling away. But, Scotty, uh, normally by time you like to go north, you follow the sun, Byron Bay, uh, Noosa, you're a Port Douglas uh, kind of guy. What did you get up to, mate, with your five days off? Did you have a bit of a break? Yeah, I went to Bali a couple of years ago too, and it was amazing just to get away and get some warm weather. But this year, obviously, with um, Jack's new addition to the family, we um, just hung around town and... Just did the little things, mate, the simple simple pleasures. So I went for some nice long walks, some breakfast, went out for dinner one night and he was well behaved. And, um, you took him to dinner? Had we took him to dinner, table, had him cry. next to the table, no didn't cry. No, he was fine. Um, Sunday was quite funny. We went to the South Melbourne market. It was the first time we'd done the car seat that clips into the pram. Oh, yeah. And we were watching a YouTube video in the car park to try and figure <laughs> out how to convert it all and do it all. And um, thankfully, Jax was just sound asleep and... Um, relaxing, but yeah, we were five minutes in the car park trying to figure out how to convert <laughs> this thing, and we spent maybe an hour in the markets, and then we come back to the car trying to figure out how to put him back in the car and unclip it all. So, um, and who who worked it out in the end? Alex. Alex. <laughs> Alex is the Alex is the handy woman of the house, not me. Oh, well played, uh, Alex. How are you, Braden? You had an interesting water boy experience um, this week. It wasn't mate. great. What what happened there? So you're running water who for the for the women's team or yeah for the Eastern Devils in the uh, VFLW and uh, I don't know I, I got roped into it but I was more than happy to do it because you you put your hands you're up. a man of the people oh man of the people get out amongst the people <laughs> so the first one I did the first one so I I had to do it, do it for two weeks first game yep. flawless did the forward line easy <laughs> just look at other uh, other water boys and just run when they run yeah get off as quick as you can so that was easy but I had. There was just this mum who was following me around and she, on the same team and she'd keep snaking my players. So she'd run out, she'd start walking onto the field early so she was 30 metres ahead of me and then jog out and quickly give everyone water so I didn't have anyone to give water to. So that happened in the first game. I thought, just let it go. Just <laughs> play it cool. Second game came around, she's back. And she's snaking my zone. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, uh, I'll play it different. I, I was looking around the midfield. I don't think the midfield was getting any water. I'll just throw myself out there and I'll just take the midfield. So I get out there. They're jogging back. I'm like, hurry up because I've got to get on and get off. I'd, at this point, I don't know the rules. So you're in the center square? Yeah, I still don't know what a water boy's boundaries are. <laughs> but I'm out there right in the middle of it. And they're coming back. I give them the water and they're talking tactics. And I'm like, just have a sip and give me back the bottle because I've got to get out of here. As I'm jogging backwards, the umpire looks at me, blows a free kick. And I still don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just jogging off slowly. Everyone's like... Did um, you cop a spray from the coach? Well, that's, I was lining up to get lollies at halftime, as you do, <laughs> elite. Um, and I'm like, oh, sorry about that free kick. And he had no idea that it was me. So I kind of just dubbed myself in. Yeah. So you're in the centre square when they're about to bounce the ball. Yeah. Is I'm, that the issue? I'm bas- basically in there. He's, to, he's a fifth player in the I'm basically ball. in there to shark the tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oops. Not, yeah, not so great for me. Is that the end of your career? Yeah, I retired now, immediately. Yeah. Like yeah. after the game, there's yeah. no way they'll get me back. Are you polite to the uh, water boys and girls out there, Scotty? Yeah. Do you say yeah. thank you? Always say thank you. It's an art. Yeah. It's only, it's a small thing. I don't like when I see players like throw water bottles like that really annoys yeah. me throw it and it lands on the ground and yeah like it's, it's not that hard look. to have a drink and just pass it back these people are volunteers 
They're just helping you respect out. Respect us. Drink. Respect yeah. the water boy. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a hard craft. Although you're usually Clearly. sort of giving it to the umpires <laughs> instead of talking nah, to the nah, I'm, I'm really working on that. You've changed, have you? I'm trying to. I actually have. All because I just logged the highlights and I logged a few at the start of the year of Scotty really giving it to, giving it to the umpires, throwing the arms out, throwing the head back, <laughs> complaining. It's it's stopped. I'm trying to stop it. It actually yeah. has stopped. And there was one on the weekend. It was it was the clearest uh, last weekend, the clearest out of deliberate out of bounds, and you just nothing. Yeah, I was actually proud. Yeah, I'm trying to. Well, I figured it's got it's wasting my energy on something that I can't control. Mm. I still have chats to them and. Um, on the weekend, have chats. Um, I told that's enough and that will do. But um, yeah, I'm trying to work on it. Good mate, it's costing you brown low votes. So uh, be nice to them. And you, I think it's costing me, uh, costing our team premiership points. Yeah, that's a factor. Hey, um, the big story this week has been the dogs and uh, the so-called premiership hangover. I was in the press conference with Luke Beveridge um, after the loss to Melbourne at the weekend, and it was as short and as grumpy as I've seen this man. We love Bevo. He's a lover, not a fighter, but cheap as he was and angry. Gave a spray to a journal before the press conference. What about? Um, it even started. One of the guys, Daniel Cherney from The Age. Um, Name names. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Called, he called Luke Beveridge the day before like a unit, like a strange unit or a weird cat, or the word he used was unit. Yeah. And uh, Luke said, look, mate, that's disrespectful. You oh, know. That is. Regardless if he went or lost, I reckon he would have given that guy. Yeah. So two, two Bob. I don't think Daniel Cherney was expecting that blunt feedback, but Luke Beveridge hit him between the eyes. And Good on you. Um, that was an interesting start to the press conference. But it's sort of it's it's interesting talking about hunger, Scotty. And once you've climbed the mountain, um, whether your belly's full and you're not as hungry and desperate to get back up to the top of the mountain. Um, because look, watching the dogs at the weekend, past fortnight, especially in the midfield, there isn't that desperateness, that relentlessness, that urgency. And Luke Beveridge is talking about it mainly as a skill issue at the moment. Yeah. And that's not an attitude problem but you you climbed that mountain in 2010 yep. and then in 2011 um really on the field you had you won 22 games um it was it looked yep. on the outside as an exceptional season you got beaten by geelong only three times that year but you were destroying sides really on a weekly basis in yep. 2011 yeah so how did you guys handle it after you won that flag i think um it was you, you played about 100 games yeah how did you treat it when you first get together after that flag or how do you think you handled Collingwood handled the flag because since then the side in a way has been dismantled you know Bucks we don't is, have many left from the premiership yeah, yeah. And, and some some senior key players were traded out when, when Buck sort of said he felt like he lost the locker room for a little bit Yeah, but on the outside you, you looked like you handled it really well what was your take on that um, yeah I think one of the the big factors for our club is that it had been 20 years sort of between drinks for us and um Getting even at the halfway point of 2010, we're sort of not not similar to the Bulldogs, but halfway point, we're going all right. And then I think we beat St Kilda middle of that year, and that was the side that we thought, you know, if you can get near these guys, you're around the mark. And we we sort of took them apart. The benchmark. Um, and then all of a sudden we thought, you know, and then we knocked off Geelong, and um, and we you know we were beating sides, you know, five six goals, and and we were improving. We were quite a young side, and we had that confidence, and um, yeah, sort of. The, the rest of the year from the halfway point in 2010 was seamless. Um, obviously, the grand final having the draw and, you know, that bounce that went, you know, that's sort of the infamous bounce now. And um, I think the, the one of the big things, it was such a sense of relief um, for a lot of the guys. When you won the flag. Yeah, won, won the flag. And it's everyone's dream. You know, you, you've had this hunger. You wanted to, you know, climb the mountain, so to speak. And we fi- <laughs> we finally done it. And, um, 
yeah, it's, it's safe to say that the next few weeks after that, we certainly enjoyed ourselves. And um, I think one of the things, because... Did you go too far? Yeah, definitely. I think we did. Um, back, you know, sound, in sounds old, but, too much, yeah. um, you know, in 2010, 2011, between that period of time, we only had four, four and a half weeks off because we were booked in for Arizona. Like you had to book that in advance, mm. obviously playing an extra week instead of having a six-week break or six-and-a-half-week break, it come back to five-and-a-half weeks. And mm-hmm. by the time we left, we got to Arizona and we were flying already. Guys were still really fit from just the season gone. And obviously guys had done a little bit of work, probably weeks you know, four and five to get ready for that. But we come into that season absolutely flying. Like we were so ready to go. And by the back end of that year, we are probably burnt out a little bit from playing and mm-hmm. um, you know, off the field, I think – Guys certainly enjoyed themselves for mm. well, majority every sort of weekend that you could get out. Guys yep. were going out and it was, you know, celebrated the premiership, the 2010 premiership for most of 2011 as well. And, um, you know, on the field probably masked a few of those issues because we were playing such good football. But towards the end of the year, we were getting a bit banged up and injuries and um, things like that. And Geelong certainly, um, you know, they're probably the same as us. In 2011, they beat us by a few points at the halfway mark, which would have given them great belief that they could match it with us mm. after, you know, we dismantled them in that prelim in 2010. So, um, yeah, it's, it's strange to see because, you know, the psyche of players, if you could look into their minds, um, they would say they're as hungry as ever. And mm. I think the only sides to demonstrate that they could back up so far is, is Hawthorne because they went three in a row and yep. almost made a fourth. And, um, you know, it is a hard thing to to ask or find that edge because you know every week especially at the moment with the competition being so even the Bulldogs have come out this week I th- I'm not sure who they play but they could come out and look like the Oof. Bulldogs of last year mm-hmm. but I think the other thing with the Bulldogs this year too is we spoke about at the start of this year the challenges they faced with the third up rule they were the side who exploited that the most yep. and they dominated the stoppages now you can't do that mm-hmm. and we spoke about that's a significant change to a premiership side and they've had to change their game a lot yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but no doubt they'll, they've got guys Rob Murphy Mitch Wallace that you know would just be so keen to get back to the top of the mountain and yeah. um, you know it's an even year and I think Luke Hodge spoke about it the other day in saying that last year throughout the year Hawth, um, the Bulldogs weren't the best home and away side you know they finished seventh so you know what are they now they're a game outside of fifth spot or equal fifth on mm-hmm. percentage or something so um, but yes, for some reason, because they won the flag, everyone thought they finished top of the ladder. They dominated the competition last year, and in actual fact, that's not true. Yeah, they dominated the final series. They so, got hot late. Um, you know, that, I'm sure they've got enormous belief in, internally. So, um, but as you said, you know, I've we've, we went there in, in 2010, and we couldn't get the job done mm. on so the last day in 2011. But it, yeah, it certainly plays a part because guys for us were celebrating for so long. Like 2011, probably still 2012. So celebrating such, throughout the seasons, yeah, throughout 2011. Yeah, it's just it's such a big occasion, and you put so much. You know, guys, seven, eight, nine years of work to get there. Missed grand finals, lost grand finals, and you finally get one. Yeah, you enjoy it, and um, you know when you go out, everyone wants to buy you a beer and things like that. So yeah, it's it's probably um, you know Hawthorne they won one in 08, and then 09. You know, Hodgie spoke about it again. I was reading something where he said, you know, we enjoyed that too much. And, yeah, um, I'm not saying the Bulldogs are overindulging in no. nightlife but it's just know, the challenge yeah face. it's just everywhere you go people are talking about last year and well done and how good it was and you're trying to firmly focus on the year in front but you've got so many people looking back and just wanting to pat you on the on the backside or whatever yep. and just saying well done so so it's, it's a, tough yeah handling and, and i think challenge the other thing that changes is you go from hunting sides to being the hunted yeah 
So in the off-season, everyone would have dissected the Bulldogs, picked them apart, you know, everything about them. Um, yeah, so you go from being that, that side that feels like you can get a scalp every week and you're the underdog to you're the big dog. We've had a chat about this off-air before and, and you said that you would um, go into some of those games in 2011 despite sort of the, you know, the celebrations which maybe continued on for too long. But didn't you go out into the field and feel, was it bulletproof or invincible? Oh. Or you would think that you could win this game by 10 goals or... Yeah, there's... Yeah. That 2011, that first 13, 14 weeks, you'd, you'd go out there and it was um, – you just knew what every guy on the field was going to do. You knew which way they were going to turn and your chemistry was so high as a side. And, um, yeah, it's just that intangible thing when everyone's clicking and working together as a unit and everyone, everyone understands their role to make everyone else better. Um, yeah, you'd go out there and I remember one game we played Adelaide at Etihad and I think we were down by 12 points going into the last quarter and we won by about 45, 50 points. Wow. Like it – that was a bit of a, like a, a flick the switch type of game for us, but um, yeah, we were we had great chemistry and um, you know, it was dis- yeah, it was just disappointing we couldn't get the job done. And Geelong was the only side that year to knock us off. So, just lastly on this, do you look back on 2011 with some regrets? Like, do you think that that the sort of the the celebrations off the field cost you in some some way? Oh, it's, from, it's, from going back to back. Yeah, it's it's hard to ever know if it it cost us, but. Mm. Um, you know, certainly, you might have done it. Yeah, I think if you had your time again, would would guys have gone out as much? And um, but it's hard to say because we got twenty ten and guys celebrated that and enjoyed that. But yeah. looking back, I reckon a lot of the group would feel like it was a missed opportunity in mm. in twenty eleven. How does it sit in your guts? Um, like yeah, it- yeah. For for me, it's it's one that got away. I think that um, you know we we could have got there, and you know, as I said though, I think. One of the things was we were probably a little bit burnt out by the end of the year because we sort of yeah. didn't really get that much of a break. And, yeah, mental um, release. Yeah, but a lot of the guys, you know, we started the year so well because Arizona, we had such belief that that worked for us and we all come back, you know, super fit, ready to go. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's disappointing. But, I'm, you know, anyone that played in the grand final and lost would say they feel like it's one that got away because yeah. to get there, it's obviously a super effort and, you know, St Kilda would talk about 2010 as one that got away. Well, they were close, exactly. Uh, I was just curious about uh, how much a premiership weighs on someone's legacy. So someone like yourself in 2010 with the draw, you were one kick away from... You didn't have an amazing first game. I think you can admit that. You but were sick. Yeah, you were sick yeah, well, going I into that. I didn't, I didn't play well in that game, though. Yeah. yeah. So you were effectively one game away from... You wouldn't have been a premiership player, yep. not a Norm Smith medalist. How much does that weigh on your legacy? And probably someone that's on the flip side would be like a Nick Rewalt, who has had an outstanding career but hasn't got that premiership kind of sitting next to his now. Um, yeah, I remember thinking about that immediately after the game that we drew and thinking that like I'm so glad I get another opportunity because if that was the one grand final I got to play in I don't want to be remembered as a guy who didn't perform um who could play well on any other stage but not on the biggest stage and um yeah just the opportunity to play again and and get a flag and I'm not sure if I'd be viewed differently or um Nick's would be viewed differently if he was a premiership player but um, you know, I'm very happy that I that I am, and mm. I don't think I don't think we're at the level where it's like American sports were there. You know, Michael Jordan got six rings, and LeBron's only got three, so you know he can't ever be on Jordan's status yet because he hasn't got six rings. And I don't think you're going to say that you know Luke Hodge because he's got three flags is a better player than Chris Judd because Judd only got one. Mm. I think we we don't look at it that way, and um, you know, but I think 
in saying that, like Luke Hodge having three or four four flags yep. is incredible leader of men though to yep. get them to back up year on year. And I think that sometimes is a skill in itself to to handle the group and look after the group. So you're playing your 249th game this weekend against Port Adelaide, needing to win, what, say, six of the last ten games to get back in the finals. It's been a while since you've well, been Mick there. Well, Mick used to say to us, don't count the games, mate, the ga- games count. You like that one, don't you? I did. So how do you, how do you reflect on the last 100 games? Because you're an incredibly driven person and you haven't been able to get back into the finals over the last couple of years. How fulfilled or not are you by the last 100 games? Because after that 2011 um, uh, side, um, that, so that grand final, there were some big changes to the list. Yeah, well, in 2012, we played in a prelim and lost to Sydney yep. up there. Um, and then 13, lost Port. to Port here yep. in the first like elimination final when we finished yeah. fifth. And things came to the fore in that, to that final. Because remember... Yeah, we had... H- I think, we, had I think we, got ex- yeah, we got exposed a little bit by Port Adelaide who had mm-hmm. a pretty good season. And, um, you know, we were, I think we were percentage out of fourth that year to getting a double chance. So, mm-hmm. um, And then the, the club and... Um, you know, the football side decided that we needed to refresh the list and yep. um, I'm not sure if that had anything to do with the expansion teams coming in that we need to do it now there was and a bit not, of get, that. not get caught, mm. you know, sitting in a but sitting in like a bit bit past your prime in when the drafts are compromised. Yep. So um, you probably know more about that. Yeah, than, no, that's right, yeah. Than I do, so. Well, you need to be able to compete with Gold yeah. Coast and GWS over the next five or ten yeah. years. But Buck City lost the locker room and I think that goes back to what you said before about celebrating right throughout 2011 you yeah. know they needed they needed some change over there yeah and do you feel like that was the right direction ahead um yeah i think we've and you know everyone talks about you haven't played finals and and things like that and i think we the club made the right calls to to move in the direction we've moved and um you know i heard heath shaw talk the other day that he never wanted to leave collingwood but looking back it was the best thing that's happened to his football career because he's a great interview by the way because yeah. oh yeah it was fantastic and yeah. um you know he's one of the the best defenders I've played with. The, mm. you know, the guy could beat anyone one-on-one. You'd put him on big, small, and, and you'd destroy them. But even he admitted that he didn't want to go, but going up there, change of scenery, um, how football's viewed up there to how it's viewed here, he sort of removed himself from the fishbowl and, mm. and he's enjoying that. And, um, you know, I think the guys of, you know, Sherrod Wellingham wanted to go home. Um, Dorsey wanted to, to go to Melbourne. So we... I think we did the best that we could and we got, you know, guys in. I think we got Brody Grundy in that period and uh, Matty Scharenberg, Tay Adams. So, um, yeah, I think the last sort of 100 games for me, while we haven't played finals or we've played one final in 100 games, it's I don't look at it sort of – I just look across my whole career and I feel extremely fulfilled. And um, But at the same time, you know, I'm still chasing more and I want mm. premiership success and um, I'll do whatever I can to, to get back there and get back to finals and, um, you know – if I don't play in three final series throughout my whole career, I, I think that would be not a bad achievement. Absolutely. Um, it would just be, when looking at Nathan Buckley and the situation he faces this year, you know, to go through all that hard work and potentially not then be able to take the club to the next step and enjoy that you know, would be, would be um, perhaps unfortunate um, for him. But that all comes down to the second half of the season, Scotty, and um, the, some of the big challenges you face. In the second half of the year, it will certainly be very interesting what happens with the Bulldogs because after winning the Premiership, to then miss the finals the next year, I reckon that would take away some of that Premiership legacy because we all lauded them last year, didn't we? I don't think it would. You don't reckon? If then to not to, to not make the finals no. the next year? Why? Well, they're all going to be Premiership players from 
what, 2016? Yeah, I think that'd be disappointing. I think the fans would be like, oh, I'm shattered we won one in 2016. Okay, if I, if I said, if you're the biggest fan of Collingwood out there mm. and I said to you, you it can is. win the 2018 flag but you're not going to make the finals in 2019 or you're going to play in back-to-back prelims but you're going to lose both, what would you prefer? Yeah, fair point. I think you'd, you'd rather the flag. And then Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. But, but uh, I just think it would be uh, unfortunate for this young group to then um, that's miss, f- that's footy, miss the that, finals that's, the second year. That's footy. It's not – it's a chemistry game. The, the team with the best chemistry and willing to sacrifice the most for each other is going to get the job done. So, um, And that's what made the Bulldogs so hard to beat last year. Just on the dogs. Now we have a. We're going to talk to the listeners about this now. Every to, weekend you've we, got a look on your face. We, yeah, yeah. We try and We try and have Well, there's like I hear about the bulldogs yep. from media yeah. that there's in-house fighting. So how would how does question? So do you reckon is that like from yes, from my point question. of view is that just like a grenade lobbed in by someone from the media? And I'm not sure. I'm just I'm just yeah. Thinking aloud here, is that just someone lobbing a grenade in trying to see if they get something back, or do you no. reckon does usually that get fed from internal to somebody? Well, some David Schwartz, I think, was the first person to say it on SEN, and maybe yeah. Robbo retweeted it. I mean, so would, so would Schwartz from, get that info from, say, a board member or someone that he knows at that football club? We would have to a come manager from an internal or something. Source. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't just make that up; otherwise, okay. you'd be out of a job. Yeah, yeah, um, you'd be kept extremely accountable to that. But yeah. Um, uh, Rob Murphy said on SEN that um, it's the first he's heard of it. Yeah, so, okay. you know. I mean, so yeah. who do you listen to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we got to take Bob Murphy on on, uh, on his word, don't you? Absolutely. Now, how hard is managing the locker room and all the personalities, Scotty? You've got 45 people on the list. Some weird units in there. Some weird units. <laughs> Some it's competitive. Weird units. You're jockeying for the yeah, same yeah. spots. How many – can you talk generally about how you manage those spot fires when they yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that I've – found out about the AFL when I got here is I couldn't believe how competitive it was internally internally mm. you know you get drafted to Collingwood and you think oh this is all going to be about like trying to be the best side we can be and like playing and then you get there and you realize there's 45 guys and there's only 22 spots <laughs> so you start looking at your own teammates like who can I get past here who yeah. can I be better than how do I do more than him how do I be better than him and it's so incredibly competitive internally mm. and then you've got to take that as a group and then go play against the other sides so that was one of the first things, you know, that I ever learned that every week there's going to be three or four guys that are incredibly stiff, mm. probably two or three guys that are lucky. Um, and then there's another group of guys thinking, geez, like I'm not far away. So there's just that you've got to manage all those egos. And I think that's why leadership groups come into play. So there wasn't just one guy trying to manage 44 personalities. You know, we've got um, obviously three three leaders here and myself, Steele and Tay, and then we've got a you know, senior you know, core guys that we turn to a fair bit to help just manage personalities. And How do you keep the harmony? Um, well, yeah, I think it's just the, the group that we've got, you know, 10, 13 guys here that are senior players that we just turn to and catch up you know, weekly, fortnightly, and have those chats about how's the list going, who should we keep an eye on, um, what do we need to look out for? Who how's, looks a bit dis- yeah, disengaged? Who, or Who do we need to pump up a bit? Who do we need to, you know, cut the whip on? Yep. And, um, just little things like that and just making sure that, um, you know, that you know, if a player gets dropped that he's getting the right feedback and um, we're helping him work on his game and, and things like that. So, um, do you yeah, enjoy that side of the leadership Yeah, stuff? I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love seeing a player that, um, you know, works really hard on his game that comes up and then he shows glimpses of what he's been working on and, mm. um, yeah, you really enjoy that. And, you know, the, the same again, the guys that get dropped that go back, work on their game and come back up and, you know, return a better player I think shows – 
um, you know, that they're on the right path and they're prepared to do the work and they're not just here for the good times. So when, how do you manage it? And last one on this, what do you do when it goes a bit pear-shaped, when it goes a bit sideways? So if a player becomes a bit frustrated, when a player um, gets a bit selfish, say, or, or separates himself from the herd, like how do, you, how do you face that as captain? How do you I, handle that? I always think just keeping it simple is the best method. So. so what would you say to me if I'm like, you know, I'm pissed off, I'm not in the team, I'm not going to kick it to him anymore, you know, this is bullshit. How, how would you get me back on track? What would you say well, to me? Well, the, the first thing that I'd say to you there is with that mindset, you're not coming back for a while until you can pull that aside. You're not coming back because if that's what you're running out playing VFL football with, mm-hmm. you're doing the team and yourself no favours. So mm. let's get back. Let's get a plan for the next four weeks, six weeks of what you're going to do yep. to get yourself back into the senior side. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and athletes and players are extremely driven by goals and, Achievements, so you just set a little plan out, um, and you just try and work to that. And you know, if they get back, they get back, and if they don't, they know that they've given it their their best chance. But while you're in that mind frame of you know, sort of poor me, yeah, not much can happen. It is a relentless uh, environment. Um, go on, you, there's not much that you admit that you're terrible at, Pandles. One is tech. Took me forty-eight hours to convert <laughs> iPhone six to iPhone seven. We, we, we were organising the show, and it yep. was it was just me and Jay there. I was, for off, a bit. The, I was off the gave, grid for forty-eight hours. He gave us nothing. Like, gee, maybe Scott doesn't want to do the podcast. Or, not, yeah. not a fan of the podcast. He just rolls in. No, but you didn't have a phone, so you just no one could communicate. Oh yeah, it's off the grid. That's well, more. I was worried. Like, if Alex needed me, it's like I can't. It's a factor. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jacks. Yeah. So the second thing you're not great at is tipping. No, losing. <laughs> oh, so there's three things. Then <laughs> losing. Well, like, no, I think with tipping... Hang on a second. Like, I'm not great. So I'm, <laughs> like, the I'm second not last yeah, so the second last Herald Sun tipping. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sitting there analysing, thinking who's... Like, you know, I, I go... <gasps> These are the things. He writes off the stuff that he's yeah, yeah. not good at. It's no, no, not, I don't. It's not important. I don't. And I, like, you don't I, need to know tech. I you like don't need going, a phone. I like going for upsets and, um, you know, I often tip against... Like I'll, I'll look at some trends and I'll think, let's see if this carries over to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not very good at tipping. I'm going to explain the coffee bet for our um, listeners here. So, sort of every weekend we try and you know predict a score. Well, we've or, got a, so we've got a WhatsApp group with the three of us. Yes, and where we talk it's called, about what's smack. it called? What's it called? It's called Kev, Kev, and Clarky, Kev. and Cocker. Kev, Clarky, and Cocker. I'm Kev because. For the listeners because out there, my no, well, my name. Like I was really disappointed when I figured out my name was Scott when I was like seven or eight. <laughs> is it and weird? I don't know why, but I wanted to be called Kevin. Just changing it up. It's so bu- it's bizarre. Yeah, and um, yeah, I remember telling my missus once, and a few of the boys like four or five years ago, they're like, "Oh, did you ever like want a name change?" And I was like adamant. I'm like, "Yeah, I wanted to be changed my name to Kevin." <laughs> Get to so, the courts. Anyway, it's so bizarre. I was Kevin. But yeah, so yeah. we have that bet. Mm-hmm. So and we pick a game around, yep. and it's coffees. So who buys the coffees for the show today? Yes. Yeah. And, and so we did Bulldogs Sydney yep. at the SCG on the weekend. No, we did Bulldogs, Bulldogs Melbourne. Melbourne. We did Bulldogs Melbourne, and you picked dogs oh, by twenty five. No, nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. I picked dogs by fifteen. Yeah. And Coco picked the fence sitter. Yeah, Bulldogs absolutely. by five. I fence thought it'd be close. And yeah. so Melbourne won, and that means nearest the pin, and that's the oh, competition we have. So nearest, nearest to the, the pin, pin, it's me. So listeners we're not, out we're on there, on the wrong hole. Hashtag send in, please sort this issue for us. Hashtag Jock and Journo is nearest the pin. Just because Melbourne won, does that mean? Um, so what's your argument, Scott? My argument is none of us. Deserved anything because we tipped the wrong side. Had Bulldogs won, 
by three points, I'd happily buy the coffees today. Yeah. Mind you, I bought the coffees today because I'm a good bloke. Yeah. Yeah. The but taste of my, sweet success. So if we're talking Parker. nearest to the pin, I feel like if we're playing golf, <laughs> we've actually hit it on the wrong hole. No. We weren't even close to it. They want, they, Bulldogs lost by like Stop 50 points. Stop sucking the fun out of it. Mate, this is, so, so our point is, Jay and I, is that it's nearest to the pin. Just yeah. suck it up and we move on with our coffees. I'm actually, I'm actually killing it. Yeah. I'm actually... You've been on you, fire. I'm two I don't know. Two. I've I lost both times. I don't know how you're going to pay off your house. <laughs> <laughs> this I, this is quite, actually my third coffee for the day. So I'll I'm just gonna, put them on um, Bucks account. Some, <laughs> so we'll... Uh, I just go raw. We'll have a crack at it next week. Hashtag, hashtag Jock and Jerno. Who is, it, who is nearest the pin? Can you still pick the loser and be nearest the pin? Because that's what uh, Coco did. Absolutely. Lift your tipping. Oh, yeah, Scotty. Hey, do you want to talk about... Jeez, the, he silks up. Is it winning? See, you guys win by default. Well, we don't say you won because you didn't. No, but we we're won by to the default. Pin. We were, we were like, nearest the pin. It's like um, you got the participation <laughs> award. Well done, boys. You got Jeez, the participation see, award. See, good now stuff. he's trying to bring us down. It's not going to work because we got losing. our free coffee. Okay, it right tastes right. so good. Move on. Hates losing this, man. Hey, the um, let's touch on the media debate um, throughout the week. Yep. So, Bucks is on footy classified, was exceptional, I thought. Um, I mean, I love his work in the media. And um, he was very engaging again. It was a compelling discussion with Craig Hutchison. And basically, uh, Bucks said that the media, to a large extent aren't given the access they want because there's a lot of mistrust um, in the industry. Um, And so Craig Hutchison said there should be more access, more open media days where everyone on the list is available for a chat. That's a chance to build rapport and trust and that would help improve all our relationships, Scott. Um, So, I mean, we do this podcast because – we started doing your column together in 2012 yep. and we've known each other, what, for about five years now. And yep. I think we probably still do it because over that five-year period, I'd like to think I've never burnt you on anything. No. And that's why we're, we're able to do this on the inside of the Collingwood Football Club. And, and that relationship is the absolute key. But the challenge for young journalists at the moment is because you're always um, hands distance away, you don't get the chance to build up the rapport with Jeff Walsh, for example, because if you call Walshy, you just get a call back from the media manager saying, oh, you've called Jeff Walsh. What's that about? You know you've got to go through the media manager. So I was just checking up on Brody Grundy's hamstring. They say, well, um, wait for the, the Blackmore's injury report on Tuesday. So yep. it is harder to build that trust in the first place. Yep. But I find if your requests for interviews are reasonable, like if the player's informed if he's contracted, I think most clubs say yes to the interview anyway, yep. or certainly from a one-on-one newspaper point of view yeah and then there's the door stopping issue as well yeah do you find that uncomfortable do you do you not like the door stopping thing or um, do you take that as an opportunity just to fill the the vacuum because if you don't if we don't get the answer from you yeah. about why you want to lost on the weekend yeah. that does give the chance for people to get creative on that front. yeah um like ideally you wouldn't have door stopping because like you're just standing there it's pretty raw Awkward. you're not in your club gear because mm. you're just coming from home yeah probably sleepless night you haven't really dissected the game too much in your head um yeah but i think i think we could do it better but i'm not sure what the answer or the solution would be to to ending doorstops like i know hawthorne can't get doorstop because their car park's underneath mm-hmm. so if, if our car park was underneath the club and you could just pop straight up into the club it wouldn't happen so um i think by virtue of what our precinct is like we media's got access to us 24 7 here yeah. so um, so you know, and you Richmond as well. Richmond is, as well can get door stopped at will, and um, yeah, I think it's it is something that I think we can do better. But I'm not sure how it gets done better because if I said every Monday that I'll do a press conference for 
15 minutes um, inside the football club, mm. would someone still wait out the front of the club to get Travis a, Cloak or yeah, a different opinion mm. so then they can run with that on their channel saying this is exclusive. I got Scott's penalty spoke today, but I also got Adam Trelaw and what he said was slightly different to Scott. So is there in-house fighting or yeah. whatever? So And I think the answer to that is yes, because if there was that player press conference, you, you want something different. I know yeah. I would want sort of a bit of point of difference and that's why people chased Travis Cloak all last yeah, year yeah. because they want that sort of exclusive grab. Do you trust the media? I mean, let's just forget this for a second. How do you think the footy media is travelling? Like, do you think, do you think, you know, uh, is it trustworthy, generally speaking? Um, I haven't had bad experiences. So, as you said, like me and you have been mates now for five or six years and um, any issues or anything like that, I usually speak to you about it and, or vice versa. So, um, and I think that the club media here do a really good job of... They do. Um, I suppose filling us with the right information and, um, you know, anything, if we go to speak to the media, we get briefed on, you know, what's new because not every player watches or watches all the shows and, you know, I certainly don't watch watch the shows or anything like that. And mm-hmm. So you just got to know what's out there and, um, you know, but a couple of times our club's been burnt. Um, that, you know, really sort of hurts the, the culture of the football club and I think a few years ago when the drug story broke about how we had... 10 or 12 up to 11 up to 11 or whatever it was that really affected our football club and um so the club so then you hold a few that times. oh you don't yeah i think everyone just holds it against the media yes. i think the relationship needs to get better and there could be a solution to, to how it gets better and it's probably you know our media department the key people in the media sit down work out what they want as you said i feel like there's always going to be that fight though for an exclusive grab mm. that i don't know how you get away from that yeah but that and then it's all individual isn't it you can't put all of the media in one basket no absolutely not so that's you, what jay was saying though about having those relationships with guys you trust and yeah people you trust and uh, the days are gone now where you can just ring the coach or ring the football manager you go through like the correct channels and, and things like that but then the landscape has changed completely besides the communication and the relationships that you can have the the competition is greater now than ever there's more yeah, yeah. More outlets, more mm. staff, more any like everything. Less staff. Less staff now, yeah. yeah. Being funneled into this one thing that everyone's so desperate to get a grab, get an exclusive. Well, we, yeah. used, to do, we used to do player press conferences um, when I first started. But People the, stopped rocking Yeah, out. by the end of it, you're basically talking to the, your own media channels. And that's what happened. I think um, North Melbourne have been very proactive on this front. They used to put up like 20 players a week. and then But then 15 of them would just stand on the sidelines yeah. and no, one, no well, journalists would fin- talk to In them. finals you have to do like the open media sessions where you get like half your team goes stand outside and there's media yeah. roaming and talk to you and you could be there yeah. for an hour yeah. end up grabbing a seat because you only might be spoke to for five yeah. minutes. But that is great for us because then you can fill up for the week. You oh, know, yeah. You speak is. to six players. Yeah, yeah. The, the clubs who do that well around sort of finals So could you time. do that? Could you say do – like that finals one, could you do that say every three or four weeks at the yeah, club? good idea. And I think – the one that I sort of struggle with is... Even just five or six players. So. Yeah. The one I struggle with is um, how I think clubs and media, like you you sort of talk to players when they're in good form, but when they're not in great form, it's like, oh, we won't speak to those players because they're not in great form. Mm. I think as athletes, you should, regardless of how your own form is, you should still have an obligation to the media to get out there and talk. Mm. And you're um, good at that. Yeah. And I think you can't just do it when the sun's shining oh, I'm playing great footy so I'm happy to have a chat I'm playing shit footy I don't want to do media it's like well don't don't treat the media like it's something to use on your side when you're flying and yeah. don't use it when you're not 
Yeah. Um, they're not the reason why you are flying or you're not flying. I agree. Yeah, it's a good point. And you said a couple of weeks ago when you didn't have your best game, you said it was one of your worst games in, in 10 years, which I think was good from an athlete yeah. embracing that sort of um, that challenge yeah. um, to me, just being open and honest yeah. about it. And i tell you about um, one of my really poor experiences. And tell me if, if this is interesting. If this is not interesting, please just stop me. I'll let you know straight <laughs> yeah. away. It, it, um, it was a really valuable lesson for me in terms of the relationship um, point of view because – I think early days when I started working at Geelong, I didn't get that the value of a relationship. And so what happened when Geelong was having its really challenging period in 2005, 2006, um, they lost to West Coast um, with a last quarter fade out. West Coast came back from like 37 points. Anyway, there was this point in the last quarter, Matthew Scarlett and Corey Enright had a go at each other. Um, and there was lots of photos of it, and they were just giving each other a bake, basically. Now, we know Matthew Scarlett and Corey Enright, two of the closest friends in football. They're yeah. inseparable, these two guys. Anyway, so two days later, Dean Cox gave a quote where he said, oh, we wanted to capitalise on their arguing, and we knew they were back-chatting each other and blah, blah, blah. And I was writing at Geelong, I was maybe 22 or 23 at the time, and I wrote a story, and the, I'll never forget it, the headline was Catfight, and I sort of said, you know, that this sort of on-field bickering was... Um, you know, costing the team and, you know, it was on show here in this last quarter and um, <clears throat> I was sort of close to a few people around Corey Enright at the time. I played footy with him, Mark Enright, and I saw Mark Enright the next week at a, at a bar and he gave me one of the biggest sprays of all time and I'll never forget it. And it set me back, I reckon, with people in the team for maybe 18 months yeah. um, because I took this, op- this opportunity, it was opportunistic to sort of, not drive a wedge, but look through the crack of this, you know, competitive situation. I play lunchtime soccer and we give each other bakes. So it's totally natural for this to happen. And then so for the value of this one story, it sent me back probably 18 months. And I worked out after that, then you've got to be smarter about the way. So you should have given Enright a call and... Or just the way you... Was it a story in the first place? I mean, really... So your wordsmith ability... Yeah, well, I, I, mean better. yeah well, I just don't think that for the value of one story, capitalising on this one argument between close yeah, yeah. mates was yeah. really worth it. Yeah. And at the time when you're 22, 23, you blow it up. And I think too with deal. the media, you know, what's, what's a big story today on Wednesday, next Wednesday, oh, it's forgotten. forgotten. You don't, rem- you don't yeah. remember it. So as you're saying, for yeah. the for the uh, you know the glory of one story yeah. that's forgotten in six days, you've now had 18 months to mend those relationships. Huge impact yeah. on, re- on relationships. That really yeah. cost me. And I think as a young journo, um, we sort of work out then what it's all about. you still yeah. got to be um, critical at times, but as long that's as it's how sort you do of, it. yeah, faithfully and accurately, yeah, yeah. I think you're sort of okay. Well, an interesting one that you probably touched on a bit before about the infighting at the Bulldogs is something like a Hutchie saying that North should move to Tasmania. Internally, now North has to field all those phone calls from members and people externally saying that we shouldn't move, we we shouldn't have to do this. But now the club's answering to what a journal has started. Yeah, but see, even, yeah, that, even how you refer opinion. to the Bulldogs is like the infighting at the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's like you. you're referring to it like it's actually Factual, happened, and yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a report that there is a bit of infighting there, and it's yeah. their captains come out and said it's not. The coach says it's not. But now when everyone talks about the Bulldogs, because someone mentioned that there might be infighting. The mud sticks. It's, yeah, there's infighting. Mm. And, and we spoke about this when, not necessarily when we fair. talked about, you know, Tom Hawkins now is always going to be the guy who got rubbed out from the jumper punch the first time. Yeah. But then on the weekend, there was a few instances where guys just, nothing happened. So yeah. what's hot, what's not? Yeah, let's do what's hot, what's not. Well, my what's hot, I'll go, go first, go is the mid-season buy. You like it, don't I you? I like it. Yeah, I do. I reckon it's a great chance to... Refresh, um, 
get away from the rigors of the football club just for three or four days and um you know when we have time off you know i know teammates of mine went to byron bay noosa yeah um things like that and, and you're still doing training like for me i come in here a couple of days to do a bit of stuff that i need to do just to keep on top of my body but it was great just to get away and not have the team meetings and the training and just you know you know an hour a day of work and yeah switch um, off a bit. yeah switch off a bit and um you know let your body refresh and it's amazing how good your body feels with a week of not getting you know hit from pillar to post does that go into thursday night footy jay how have you are you kind of over Thursday night footy or are you still Thursday. like it? No, I, I love, love Thursday it. night footy. So good. Yeah, I'd be happy with that to run all season, the Thursday night footy. Yeah, Why not? You know, I watch it so on a good. Thursday night. Well, Thursday night TV is nothing. Yeah, it's pox. You know, like the footy show. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch it. So. <laughs> Tay Adams has, has been on it. Um, so yeah. what was your what's hot? Oh, the bye. Yeah, the yeah. Bye. I like it. You, you guys. Um, he soaked that in. He loved yeah. that one. And it, I reckon it gives everyone a chance in the season bye to sort of assess how they're going. All right, we've hit here. We're five and seven at our club. Yeah. What do we need to do in the next month to get our game going? So you've get, had that stock take. Yeah, you, I think every. Oh, we have. Yeah. So we've got five and seven. All right. What have what's worked for us? What do we need to get better at? Mm-hmm. Refresh. Let's get ready to attack this second half of the year. Yeah. All right. So for the Collingwood fans listening, just in a nutshell, what do you think has worked well for you? What do you think you need to improve on? Um, what What would that just in yeah, for, for us, we need to kick straighter in front of goal <laughs> and defend better. So the forward half, the forward yeah. half. Are you happy with the forward half she connection? Deep. You talked about the conversion, but do you yeah. think that forward half? No, I think we're, better? we're going better. I think the last five weeks we averaged over a hundred points, and we're, we're going better. So the last five weeks we're we're doing a lot right, but it all means naught if we come out this week and, and don't you know put up a really competitive and be hard to play against. Mm-hmm. What's it like coming off the bye? In previous years, yeah, I've seen that stat about that Geelong. Um, they're like one and seven now post buy. Yeah, it affects a lot of all teams. the commentary around you know, their training random. and blah blah blah. It's like, well, they played West Coast in Perth. That's yeah, a pretty hard yeah. game to go and win. So, had they played West Coast at um, you know the home ground advantage that they've got down in Geelong, you know, it was probably going to be a different result. Yeah, I um, remember when it first started though. Everyone was just like waiting to see what happened after the buy, what all the teams would do. Uh, and it's funny the commentary perform. around like your training loads and all that sort of stuff. You know, did they do too much? Not enough. Oh, it's quite amusing because don't forget we actually missed out on playing a game. So mm. whatever you do training-wise, it's always less than what you've done yeah. if you played a game. So I you, think you feel needs a break. you feel cherry ripe going out there, and if you don't perform, it's yeah you can look for excuses, but it's just squarely above the shoulders. There's another opinion that I heard coming off short breaks. I think it was Melbourne that went six six six. I don't even yeah. know if that works, but and. Uh, Bernie Vince was saying that he enjoyed the short breaks. Yeah. You, you don't have to train as much during yeah. the week. You're kind of just doing the enjoyable yeah, part, going from yeah. game to game. Yeah, well, we had that when recovery. we went Anzac Day, Geelong, Carlton, or whatever it was, where it was like six, five, six. Yeah, it was a five day break, then a six day break. The games just roll around really quickly, and you are ready to mm-hmm. go. And, um, you've said you've enjoyed Yeah, you, that. I, yeah. I enjoy those quick turnarounds. Um, my what's hot, Simon Goodwin, the Melbourne Footy Club. Um, you got a taste of the pressure. Hall of Fame member last night. Yeah, well yeah, he's so impressive, Goody. I reckon as a first year yeah, coach, he's been really good. It, it seems like maybe he's been. He's taken Melbourne that. to a new level. He has in terms. <laughs> he um, is certainly in terms of the pressure. We forget they're the third youngest team. Um, how did you rate their pressure in the second half um, of going back a fortnight ago? Because they overwhelmed the dogs. Yeah, at the ball um, on the ball. Yeah, I think I spoke about it. Um, after we played them, I, th- 
I reckon we're I think we're a good pressure side, Collingwood. I think that's something we do well, and I think that's something Melbourne did well, and we identified that that was one of their real strengths going into the game. And so you knew, yeah, yeah, we knew, and um, I think our game was really our second quarter. We outpressured them, and we kicked I think five in a row, and then their third quarter they flipped it on its head and they outpressured us, and they kicked five in a row. Mm. And, you know, they beat us by four points. So, you know, had the game gone five minutes longer, you, you never know which way it was going to go. But I thought that game, watching it back, really high-pressure game, forced a lot of mistakes. And um, they, they're playing a really exciting brand of footy. Do you think they can go all the way, Melbourne? On uh, the, f- I, the fourth spot's wide open. Yeah, I think I think anyone this year um, from, oh, what, I think 15th on the ladder is on 20 points or something like that. Yep. So it's wide open. and There's two um, games between fourth spot and 14th spot. Yeah, so you've just got to, as the Bulldogs did last year, you've got to be in a position to capitalise and, and time your run. And um, Yeah, they're, they're an impressive side. What's not the umpiring? Um, in a sense that four umpires I think is too much. Right? Just stick with three. Yeah. Um, I think there's been some issues where they've got two umpires in the same area ruling different ways, making different subjective assessments. Yeah. I well, think I suppose you see three. it from a different view, don't you? If you've got in the same area, but one might be on the left side of the play or on yeah. the right, you get tackled high. One sees it, one doesn't. It's, Do you reckon three or four? Um, well, I just think for the umpire's sake, it's probably three because they're used to doing that. And you get a fourth out there and it's like, oh, is this mine or is that theirs? I don't really know how, how they work the areas, but mm. yeah, it's just, I don't know. It seems like it's a big shift when there was four to what how the game was umpired when there was three because mm. it's a big adjustment for them more than anyone. It's a big shift it. halfway through a season. Yeah, yeah, to trial they have it, been doing to it. To trial it for yeah. three rounds. It's a massive shift. But my what's not hot is McGregor versus Mayweather, the Ooh. actual fight. So the lead up, I think, is going to be hot. Awesome. That is going to be amazing. There's yep. going to be so much trash talk. It already has. I it's think. good that it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. McGregor put the post out already of him and Floyd Senior saying, you know, what an honour it is to fight, blah, blah, blah. And it's not even Floyd. It's his dad. Yeah. Um, and that's quite <laughs> funny. And um, But I just think the actual fight, and I hope I'm wrong and I hope something happens. That's amazing. But I just think it's – everyone's got a puncher's chance, yeah, but Pacquiao had a puncher's chance and Mosley, all these guys that have fought Floyd before had puncher's chance and no one's got near him. So so what's your prediction for that fight? That they're both going to be very rich after it. You think Mayweather's going to win? Yeah, I think Mayweather oh, – I think he'll win on points. You think it'll go the distance? Yeah, I think so. Why? How would well, it? I just, if I you're saying it's going to be well, that think, lopsided. Yeah, I just think that Floyd, he's not going to take any risks, is he? McGregor's fit, but I, I still remember seeing him. Gas. Uh, yeah, gas there. Yeah, but don't forget, like, in, it just all came on. When, at you, once. when you gas in UFC, that's because you grapple, yeah, you go to the ground, you kick, you elbow, you punch, clinch, all that sort of stuff. Whereas boxing, it's just. But still in that so, fight, he didn't try most of that stuff. And he said yeah. that he. he probably put too much energy into yeah. wa- wasted punches yeah. and kicks. And it's yeah. – I could see the same thing happening. It, I mean, the – How's in the contract? He's not allowed to kick elbow, yeah. knee, and if he does, he loses 20% of his purse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, going into that as well, even the sell of the fight, Mayweather has said the whole time that he's he's the money opponent. He's the one drawing the crowd. Yeah. It's just Mayweather. It's going to uh, be that, unbelievable to build up though. But it's the, original, so the original tweet where they both – like announced the fight on their Twitter. Conor McGregor's following got he got twice as many tw- uh, retweets. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be gonna intriguing. Be yeah, but the better fight is post that Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez. That's going to yeah. be an amazing fight. But this is going to be a hype machine. Well, I can't understand people are still like 
uh, Connor is an idiot for taking the fight because he's going to get smashed. I'd fight Mayweather for 75 million. I'd let someone bash me with a metal pole for for $100 million. And and he's from Ireland, so the the taxes are probably some of the lowest in the Western world. So he's taking a massive chunk of like real cash just to go out there and fight. I'd go out and fight him. It's going, to be, it's going to be fun, but uh, the fight will be pathetic. Uh, moving on to some of our social, uh, we've got one from JRose36, who on our last podcast, uh, Scotty said that he couldn't sleep without a fan, and there's actually someone out there in the world that also can't sleep without a fan on him. So I thought you were a weirdo. What did they no. say? Brett McCaffrey can't either. So JRose36 said, just showed my missus the Jock and Journo podcast, and she can't sleep without a fan <laughs> either, so you're not alone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a couple on the umpires which we just touched on. Uh, at Gabs MW said, "Why can't we have four boundary umpires instead? It makes more sense to me." It's not a bad one. Anything mm-hmm. on that? Nick Walsh said, "I think the weekend sh- just gone showed that more umpires means more mistakes." But that's it. We had a lean week uh, coming off the gap. But one that did get my interest was Tony Jones's tweet, which is coming off the back of. Bucks being on Footy Classified, mm. he tweeted Bucks. He said, so Nathan Buckley says the media can't be trusted, in quotations. That's pretty damn insulting from someone who was happy to work in it when it's suited. And I, I thought that was a pretty big call. And I, I, I'm not sure Tony, that that just doesn't... Tony Jones the one that everyone has a gag about? Chompers. Chompers. <laughs> I mean... Oh, but... I think I've seen a clip on that on um, Facebook or something like that of... It might have been Bernie Vince. He was so smug and you could tell he was going to do something the whole time. <laughs> but but if that doesn't prove Bucks's point, I don't know kind of what does. He, he took a snippet of a quote off the show, used it almost out of context and used it against him. And that's probably another thing of putting them all in the, in the same basket. So saying that Bucks was in the media previously, he, he played a completely different role. He, he wasn't out the front door stopping. He was there for opinions as an ex-player so I just it so was, you're, it was unha- pretty, you're unhappy with that It was pretty sharp <laughs> Don't work it out <laughs> um, So I think we need to address Last time the button popping incident oh, This wasn't great yeah, When you sat down He's standing up currently But this he has been sitting down for the show And no button has popped mm. You are so, looking a little bit leaner And you've taken up A little bit The, the challenge at my gym At Progression Fitness You're on the 60 day challenge yep. How did your first session go? Well, I think... Um, I got some reports from the trainers yeah, and I'll like, fill them in after you give me your assessment. They wouldn't have been great. So what happened was a couple of weeks ago, I think we were talking to Gillian McLaughlin, we are taking a photo afterwards. I got up and my button off my pants, the pants were feeling real tight and my button off my pants popped up. You blokes had already been giving it to me for being a bit out of shape anyway. So I hadn't really taken the feedback on board until the button popped. So it falls on the floor and you blokes basically laugh there's, at me and give me this. some pretty direct feedback. Back, keep me straight between the eyes. So look, everyone's got to hit rock bottom, hit the canvas from time to time, yeah. and the button pop incident that was, was a real sort of uh, low point. There's just this moment where we're all kind of the button pops off. We're all just standing <laughs> around the button. It's on the floor. Now, I reckon, there was, yeah, there was a couple of Mississippi's worth of silence. <laughs> we're just standing there looking at the button, and we all kind of oh. knew that stuff had to change from yeah. then on. But yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll document this process. So, so what the, what our gym's doing. We're, so Jay's going to do a, a body scan. Yep. 
to start. Jeez, so that's next. So he's done his first session, but we're going to do a body scan. We're going to take a photo of him in his jocks oh, <laughs> before that's and an after. So we're going to get the body scan oh, and no. we'll, get, we'll get weekly feedback about how he's tracking. And then at the end, we'll get the scan. And I've got no doubts that he'll improve. Yep. Well, you can't Because really, now he's on the hook. You yeah. can't really go back. Like, because if we right. get this before photo and the after photo looks similar, yeah, trouble. I don't know if you, you'll ever sit down again <laughs> in this podcast. Even if it's like 5% better, that's, that's not well, a great... You've you got a big no, improvement. I'm, I'm committed. I'm motivated. Um, the button pops sort of lingering in the back of my memory. We had the first session at your gym, uh, and it's an excellent gym, Progression Fitness, <laughs> Benny Scalia running a tight ship there. So and it was like um, 8 a.m. Saturday, and we are starting to do the warm-ups. It was like a 40-minute class, and it's a high-intensity sort of cardio workout. And um, you know, I haven't been doing a lot of exercise lately. So um, I knew I'm in trouble in the warm-up. We're doing like these <laughs> bouncing lunges. We're doing like these sprints. And it was sort of a high intensity from the get-go. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm in all sorts. And everyone's sort of pretty fit and in great shape. And there's a great energy there. And we had six stations. Um, and it's five minutes at each station. And there's sort of a couple of things to do at each station. Like, I don't know, all these you know, different things. And um, Exercises. Exercises. <laughs> these you things. know, throwing the medicine things. ball yeah, against yeah. the wall and you know lunges and all this sort of stuff so it gets to station two i'm 10 minutes in my heart rate is like peaking out i'm in survival mode at like the second station 10 minutes in and i'm looking on the board at all the things and it's like the fifth station was like the rower a rower sprint and it's that's playing in the back of my mind my mind we get to the fourth station i'm spent the fifth station i do the rower 400 meters and like i'm gonna vomit i'm I'm like i'm gonna spew (laughs) in the gym on scott's rowing machine here so i just had to take some time out (laughs) a break. Well, I had to take a break. So, like, all the girls are just, like, absolutely <laughs> flying. The guys are killing it, having a great workout. And I'm out the front, like, literally doing the deep just ones. dry reaching. I'm basically dry reaching out the front. I get back in, do a last bit of the uh, the six station. Like, I walk in and I'm, like, thinking I'm done. And Benny's like, mate, you know, so, so I'm starting pushing, like, this Still in the sled with all these weights on it. So, uh, look, that's a turning point, uh, boys. No more button pops so- for me. And uh, it's a great session. So I'm going to do a couple a week and uh, I'm going to eat clean and the hashtag gains. What was your first meal post? Not a Big Mac or something. No, no, no. No, I've been eating healthy like salmon and veggies and, you know. And and how'd you pull up? Sore? Um, You're pretty sore. But it's like because it was high cardio, it's like your max rate's just – your heart rate's max the whole thing. So you just – Sort of feeling sick, huh? but I knew I knew I was in. Real what, I'm really. Looking forward to the weekly updates. What are you going to miss most? What's what's your guilty food pleasure? Oh man, we we smash a bit of chocolate pretty regularly. I'll be honest. <laughs> we, you know, we Tuesday, Wednesday, red wine. That's well, of you'll stuff. improve. You'll improve if you kept everything the same and added in these workouts. You're going to make small improvements anyway. Yep. So I want a big improvement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we'll. The numbers don't lie, mate. Yeah. So, we're, you know, this is not going to be eight weeks, just a truth syrup. It's, <laughs> there's going to be numbers. There's going to be visuals. Yeah. The visuals are fantastic. I so, kinda, uh, I'm half looking forward to the visuals, but then, like, it's just Jay and his jocks. Nah, I back him in. Thanks. I back him in. Are we putting that on Twitter? I appreciate nah, we'll keep that. We'll keep it private. We'll okay. keep it private for now. And I'm, then at the after... When there's these big gains, you know, six uh, pack, we'll, we'll post those. <laughs> We've got a jock and Jane. If Jane, loser, if Jane, feel like the if Jane allows it. Get she's the, happy with it. Get the big yeah. Conor McGregor tattoo across your chest. So for everyone listening, Walking uh, around flexing. I'm going to need your, your support over the next eight weeks. <laughs> Send him in your Help support. Help me dig deep. <laughs> Thanks for listening to uh, that bit of self-indulgence. <laughs> Lastly, Scotty, what did you think of the Tommy Bug Instagram post before we oh, uh, wrap up? You know, we did um, a cheeky Instagram nah. post. Are you ready, Jason Johannesson? 
I wasn't here nor there on it. I he, didn't really he did care one, about it. He did one for the... Tay Adams. The Tay Adams one yeah. the week before, just yeah, no one no, noticed. I didn't really care about it. I like the flair and personality. Yeah. It just means you've got to bring it on the in the game. So if you yeah. do that pre-game, you can't then go missing in action because then you open yourself up to criticism. Yeah. So as he's confident to, to bring the standard throughout the game, then yeah. do whatever you want. I like yeah. the white We want play. that in the game. Exactly. We? we want exactly. those personalities. That's, that's more personality, isn't it? So, yep. Yeah. Well done, Tommy Bug. Well done, Jackie Watts. One thing before we finish. One thing we did miss out on going into the bar was Pendle standing us up for dinner. Oh yeah, so we, yeah, we I pulled we, the pin. But I gave you plenty of notice. It was two days' notice. So what, what else did you no do, excuse. mate? No excuse. There was no excuse. It was <laughs> just I'm done. <laughs> so we all <laughs> I said I can't make dinner <laughs> in a couple done. of nights. I'm so we organised. So, sorry for two months. Is, I was on my mid-season see, break. Me and Jay are just regular people. We make plans. Yeah, we, we hang we, out. We t- we have tons of people that want to hang around with us, and we're <laughs> like, nah. We got we got dinner on Thursday night. We're so going, we were going to eat Indian. To explain, we were going to go eat Indians. Can Scott, you know, is only eaten Indian once and we're going to hang out and have a good team chat with the podcast crew and surprise, surprise, Scotty stands oh, us up. No, oh, two days out, gave the big notice. Star. What did you do instead? I looked after Jack's at home while Alex slept. Oh, bring him yeah. along. Nah, that's, yeah. fair <laughs> that's fair enough. All right, thanks for listening, um, everyone. Scotty, it was interesting on the um, reflecting on 2010, 2011. I enjoyed that. Um, Coco, I want you to improve your water boying. I thought right. you were just going to say everything. I need to just lift. Don't, um, can you not give away those free kicks? No, I'm retired. Hashtag um, Jock and Journo. We'd love to hear your questions and your feedback. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week on the Jock and Journo Show. Thank you.